Hi, welcome back to Business Without with me, Andrew Ori. This is the second part of a wonderful conversation I've been having with uh, the uh, mighty Ross Meadows, a very good lawyer for his sins, uh, mainly in employment and immigration. Also a fellow partner at Uri Clark, and we're joined by the wonderful Alison Coward, an author uh, and a self-employed entrepreneur who helps companies with collaboration, mainly through the tools of facilitation. I hope she doesn't kill me for that description. Um, an amazing person. And uh, let's get back to the action. Look, I think that we've come to like, a really interesting part in the conversation now. And I kind of want to flip it because we kind of sort of started to evolve. You're going to facilitate the meeting? I'm going to start asking you some questions because I think we've kind of evolved into kind of the the, the the current state of accountancy and law and like what those professions are and how they're changing, how they've changed and kind of what you're what you're doing in the modern world now. So I guess, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll start with you, Ross. Like what What's happening now in employment law? What exactly do you do and how does it work and how do you work with clients um i i think i mean it's not just employment law and and it's probably the same for the accountancy profession as well it's getting technology involved you know how, how do we deliver our services better to clients and being ready to evolve with that and it, it sometimes comes back to a question that comes up all the time is why are lawyers and accountants so expensive and and it's understanding well what do we what do we do for clients? You know, what do we deliver for them? And and the reason that we're, you know, a lot of the time so expensive as, as perceived by a lot of people is because actually we take on people's problems. You know, I, I'll, I'll wake up in the night thinking about a client's issue because I, I want to get it right for them. I don't want them having sleepless nights. It's my sleepless night. My, you know, their problem is now my problem and it's delivering that. But I think something that's changing is how do we deliver those services and there's certain ways where actually we can become more cost effective using technology. Um, a very simple example is um, when you're doing due diligence, there's software out there now that something that could probably have took a team of four, 40 hours in the week to get through a whole load of documents using this software technology, um, they're able to do it in two days. Mm, and so how do you now see your your role evolving? So it means that there's certain things that now, one, you don't need to do because technology is doing it, but actually it also frees up your time to do other stuff. It, what, it, what is the other stuff I, that you could do? It, it's Well, I guess I, I see my job as also working with clients, having more time to speak to clients. But but I think it allows me to do the high-level advisory rather than some some tasks which you'd probably you'd probably end delegate to a team anyway. It's actually saving time and, and actually being able to provide that high level advice, you know, the tricky stuff, the the bit where you do need the human, because at this moment in time, as far as I'm concerned, there's no robot out there that can give you a solution, a practical solution, a commercial solution. It, it's it's you know that the robot's role is very different. Maybe that day will come, and and none of us need to work. You know that sounds great. So what but, are some of the like the trickiest types of issues that you you work on? Uh, it's it's the employer employee dispute because it's personal you know it's it's not just it's not just a business decision it's actually there's a lot of personal issues there and it's trying to work out um and balance out well what has actually happened here i, th I think it's trying to um get someone to think about it objectively rather than 
getting your subjective emotion in there, and, and that's that's the, that's and always within the, the rules. Challenge. I always notice is because there's a lot of emotion involved. Yeah, but I mean, you you you've had to say it to me. It's like, you know, someone's come up with a bunch of rules to protect the employee and to to manage this process and say how this process has to be handled. That's not necessarily going to fit with how you think the reality should be. Yeah, I'm. I'm and I, and I think, I mean, we're quite fortunate in the UK. I think there's a good balance, you know. There's always going to be ones where you feel you're hard done by it, whether you're an employee or employer. But I think we've got quite a balanced approach to how we deal with our people here um, comp- compared to other countries where it could just be a hire and fire scenario, where it's quite a harsh, you know, like in the US, there's there's a, an employment at will approach, which is quite harsh. And the, and the way they approach things is they might have 10 sales staff the one who finishes bottom at the end of the year even though he might have had a half decent year he's going to be gone because they'll bring someone else in to just drive things up that that's quite you know i think that's quite a harsh approach but you know i, I guess some some businesses will think well it, it it helps us evolve quicker rather than having to keep on to stuff that maybe we don't have the faith in anymore but i think it is it is that it's always going to be that human side, mm. and and trying to keep it within within the law. But we're quite fortunate that we we are we are very balanced in this country. Yeah, Andy, what about you? What's what would you say are the kind of the biggest changes happening in, in accountancy at the moment? The biggest changes in accountancy, regulation, increased compliance and regulation. Um, uh, tax law continues to get more complex, but the, the biggest changes for us all is globalization. So the advice, it's very hard to advise people because there's almost in, always an international element. So I, the, it must be, you know, 10 times a day I start the sentence because someone hits you with a question and you're like, if this was all in the UK, this is what would happen. But you've got two other jurisdictions involved and they want, and they're like, yeah, yeah, but tell me, you know, it's like you do international stuff. It's like there may be a person out there and respect to them, but, but, you know, there's a few people dual qualified like my brother, but, you know, people having a genuine depth of understanding. So the the thing all we can build as a business is having some understanding of the cross-border and it's the language, it's the culture, but that's probably the... That every question is so international. Every question is, where should I put my IP? You know, where? How do I employ people in Portugal? I mean, they ring you up and ask you this as a British accountant. It's like, well, you know. And I think that's what's so special about the way that you work at Uri Clark because you have kind of you know created that environment for it to be collaborative between accountants and lawyers, right? So how does that play out in those kinds of situations? I think it's just taken. I I I it's, I don't know if we've mentioned it already, but friendship or you know, debating and, and, and solving problems it, for me personally, because uh, surprisingly I can be quite sensitive or maybe obviously I can be quite sensitive is, is that I need to establish with someone that they understand that I'm, I personally, they're cool. I like them. They seem like, you know, they're a good person, you know, they're not, they, 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 their values and they make me laugh or whatever. And that they feel the same way. And we have that base. Once you have that base, then interesting things can happen because you know, and and to me, you know, I think I think I think a lot of those bases are probably formed in the pubs of Britain. But you know, I think that's a strength in this country that we humour is this incredibly useful tool for taking any subject and being able to discuss it. You know, and and, and I think it's served our country really well. Humour and a bit of alcohol, so people loosen up and find a bit of confidence. They talk about things, and that base to me is so fundamental to what you would 
school collaboration. Yeah. So this is a, this is a good point. This is a good question. Maybe this is going to open out loads. But obviously, I'm a small business, and I've used uh, you know I have an a accountant. sophisticated business. Now. I'm a sophisticated business. Um, I've used accountants, and I've used, I've got an accountant, and I've used lawyers. When is the right time for somebody to come and use you, an accountant or a lawyer? When do they need you? When do they don't? When do they not need you? I mean, with the clients we deal with, we really need to be speaking to them six months, 12 months before they go to the UK. And because one thing they forget, and it, it, again, it comes back to cost, is is that little bit of budget um, for, for the legal and accountancy advice that will get them on the right path. Now, some clients will meet you later when they're already set up and it costs a lot more trying to unravel what they've done because it's they've had a, a go and do it itself. It's such it, a it catch-22. The, the earlier they ask you, the better because then you've got time to plan, but it's expensive and they'll get a lot of information, you know? So I would like to think when they come to us, they would get quite clear answers. But actually what happens to people is they go out to different providers who and they get too much information and then they don't even know what to do anymore. You know. I, I think it's what what is it what is it for? You know, what what are you trying to achieve? I mean, if you know, I wouldn't think twice about getting a particular insurance as, as protection and I'd pay for that. Sometimes they they need a bit of that assurance and and, and insurance that what they're doing is the right way of doing it. And it, it, it might it might be that you have that one hour call with them where you say, Well, here's a few pointers and they go and try and do it themselves, fine. But that, that's probably put them on a better road forward. If you're trying to answer the question in the UK, my honest answer would be you've start, you, 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 you want to go into business, so you will need an accountant of some kind to do certain compliances or help you with those compliances and perhaps help you set up the company. So I think at an early stage, you need to find an accountant and... Uh, and probably they could be of, of, of varying different types and scale. They don't need to be a big firm. They could be an individual. But at that early stage, you need an accountant. I think in law, watch out for employment law. But I think if you, I've, I've had this when someone's come in and says, I want to do everything properly from the start. And I think I just, the truth is you can't afford to. And if you, if uh, you know, I gave this example, if you go to Ross and you say, is this person in, I've got these 10 people in my office and I'm a startup and do you think they're employees? You know, if you and me looked at it, we go, yeah, they look like employees. You've got all sorts of problems, employ them all and everything. Reality is, I mean, well, if it's 10 people, that's probably at a stage where you should have advice. But if they've got a couple of people and some are consultants and it's early days in a business, they can't afford to pay for the advice that they can't afford to implement. You know, they, they could pay you £5,000 to answer these questions. I'm just, you know, you could easily get lost in professional advice and end up with a five grand bill. It's not that hard to do. You know, you go and waste or waste or spend a lot of time chatting to professionals asking for, I want clarity. This is one of the things that I think probably stop looking early and early stage. Don't seek too much clarity. Just get employer's liability insurance, get an employment contract, get an accountant. At least, is there anything else like, I mean... Get some terms and conditions offline or something, you know. Just, just, just do these things, you know. I, I mean, I, I think I mean, it, it depends on who the client is. I, I, I find with a lot of the international clients, if they've set up somewhere else in the world as well, they normally know we do need to budget because we made so many mistakes. Mm. And 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 I think that's where it varies. There's the ones who are doing it for the first time, dipping the toe in the in, in the in the pond, and they'll go, well. 
will take the risk of cutting corners. And then you've got the ones that have um, that have, have done it before and they realise what the risk can be and, and they're a bit more cautious. And, and then they've, they've also got the plan to budget. I mean, I, I've got a really good client from Australia who's been here for um, a good four years now. And he originally came to us for another company and then he came through his own business. Um, and it, what he said to me a year or so ago, he says, what, and he says, this was my mistake working for this other business. You go over there and you're more looking at, have we got a market here? You know, who are our competitors? Yeah, I think we're going to make some sales. Let's go for it. What's always forgotten is how do we set it up the right way? You know, are we missing anything? And 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 this salesperson normally goes back to head office going, oh yeah, this will be great. I need to be paid this to to be able to survive. Let, let's let's go for it, and um, and the little bit that's always missed, and 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 this is something that he always explains to people that he um, he works with who are looking to come to the UK. Is you always forget about that accountancy, the tax, and the legal advice that you've got to fit that. There's, there's going to be some compliance costs, and 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 a good accounts should save you more money than they cost you. Yeah, as a rule of thumb, especially with R and D relief and stuff, they should be able to. And if it, if that you know you, it, it's probably it's an Wait, awareness. So this is an interesting question. An accountant should basically be saving you more money. Mm. How? What well, things? Well, there are things like R and D tax credits, making sure you claim them. You how you how you do your expenses and things like this. Not cocking up your VAT. You know, uh, a, a good a good account. We it's a, I always feel sorry for lawyers because lawyers are dealing with the what ifs. With the the future, with the, I, with I think, the with I think sometimes the comfort blanket. It's like the employment contract. Oh, we'll we'll get our own contract offline. You can do that, but it's when something goes wrong. It's it's more like the lawyer is normally when it goes wrong. Have I got? Have, have I done the right things in the first place and mm. got and got the protection and and, um, and and the protection from us is, is well, if we get it wrong, you're going to sue us. Mm. So you, you've got that comfort blanket and and there's sometimes there's that extra cost. I think Andy's right on the accountancy side. There can be some big tax savings that they'd never even thought of. They've they've come from a country where R and D isn't great to claim. It's an absolute nightmare, and they just they just presume that it's going to be the same in the UK. They come to the and then and then they told well this is what you can get you can get you know 33 cents to your dollar in australia and they're like right well we're going to do that straight away how do we do it and and that's yeah, and that's yeah, a saving the, even without away. the tax credit the basic way is that if you haven't got an accountant you won't have any you'll you'll have less fiscal discipline you won't you know you won't you, an accountant immediately they start trying to interact with you you know people say how do you like spend less with accountants it's get a book good bookkeeper you know you've got to be good at collecting the data and you know and doing it in the right way and if you if you don't do that yeah you're going to go to accountants and it's going to cost you a fortune because basically they've got to build it all from scratch so it may, may seem like a crazy bill but if you haven't kept proper records they've got to go back to the beginning and do it all from scratch so it's that it's that a good you know having an accountant should therefore mean that you from the start are doing these administrative things correctly so when do they not need to come to you and we had a bit of a conversation earlier didn't yeah. we about the kind of the the balance between um perhaps 
you know, having T's and C's or a, a contract between yourself and a client. Yeah, give your example. Get, I thought it was a good word. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, had, I mean, I had an example earlier this year where um, I was just about to sort of start working on a project. Um, like the proposal had been signed off and they asked me to send over my T's and C's. Um, so I sent over my, sort of some standard T's and C's. You found them online. I and they, I, I did, I did. I looked at, you know, some, some standard ones that I had for a while. So I sent them over some standards. They looked okay to me. They had sent them off to their legal department and there was lots and lots of sort of underlines and changes. So I thought, oh, I better get a lawyer to look at this. So I got my lawyer to look at it and it just turned into like a back and forth between my lawyer and their legal department and my lawyer and then le- their legal department. And in the end, the project didn't go ahead. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know whether it was down to the the back and forth of the contract. Um, I don't think it necessarily helped, but I kind of was feeling that it became a bit more of a battle between legal departments where then actually what really mattered. And I think sometimes it comes back to the question of the lawyer advising saying, what actually do you want to achieve here? You know, what what do you want from this? And like, well, I want to win this contract. And it, it might have been a discussion of, well, let's have a look what they've done. And this is what it means to you. Is this really going to damage you? And you, you, you may have said, well, this is going to be a problem. Well, we'll have to discuss that with them. Um, may, you know, so, sometimes I've, like my, my father once told me when when he was trying to buy or sell a business that sometimes he just pushed the lawyers out of the way because he I, that's why I became a lawyer because he hates lawyers. I just wanted to wind <laughs> him up, um, and uh, and he said I pushed them out of the way and I go direct to the other side and just say, hey, let's sit down, lawyers out of very... the way. What, how is this going to work? And and sometimes that is the best solution. I, I, I a lot of the times I've got clients in the employment sphere saying we're going to pay this employee a severance to to make them go away um we want to make sure it's covered you know and we're protected and they can never come against us again they can never bring a claim and 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 i i might look at it and go well i've got to be honest it's great that you're paying them a severance they'll, they'll probably feel a bit happier about this you've got low risk in terms of the claims what what are the risks for you as a business they're low risk to, to make it belt and braces, they will need to go to a lawyer who could concoct a story and, and turn it into something that it isn't at this stage. So sometimes it's best keeping us lawyers out of those situations. This, this kind of came up in our in our previous discussion a little bit, sort of around the people skills. Like, you know, lawyers and accountants, you're you're like specialists and you learn technical skills. And when you go through like accounting college or, you know, law school, you're learning... Hogwarts. All, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're learning all about the spe- specifics. It's about kind of like what you have up here. Where do you learn she the kind of head, yeah. the client liaison, the communication, the listening skills? I, I, and how do you learn it? I, I, I think it's the clients you work with. Like, you know, there's there's clients that, um, that, are, that maybe when you first start, in, in the law, they're like 20, 30 years older than you. And, and, mm. and some of them will go, well, what do you know? Um, and others will actually put their arms around you in a, in a way and, and say, I really like you, but have you thought of, this is how we do business? And, and I, th- I think you learn on the job a lot of the time. It's, so it's commercial experience. awareness sounds like it's, it's super important. Like it doesn't seem like it's something that you learn um, through your studies, but it's something that's super important in being able to understand your clients. For instance, and I almost want to reach for it now, if I don't have a notebook, I talk too much. So I learn, I learn in those early, and you have some self-awareness, we all do. I, 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 because every time they'd say something, 
I, I think of something I wanted to say, because you, when you're young, you're trying to impress people with your knowledge. So that's where you start. You, as you say, you come out of school and you've just got this raw information and you don't understand it. And clients say something, they say that, and you're like, yes, it's 20% and it's quarterly. And, 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 and you just start reeling off everything, you know? And actually that's what they teach you to do in the exams. A lot of the exams are like, how much information can you reel off about this thing? And so I, I don't know, I just noticed, I was just aware that I just was fucking talking too much. And it was like, and then I realized if I write down what I want to say and I write down everything they're saying, I became a much better listener, you know? And actually, I think probably I should always have a pad. But so you you kind of learn and it, it's um, rule by fire because if you can't, if people aren't coming back to you, yeah, like Russ says, you get, uh, my early clients were all crooks or people who couldn't pay me. So the very nice people who can't really pay because, and you're just, and then people who are actually picked you out because they can see you're young and you're susceptible to, you know, their, you know, slightly dodgy behavior. So that it, I would say that as a warning, if you're a 20 year old lawyer and accountant, you're getting your first client saying, well, oh, this guy's wonderful or whatever, you know, actually you don't have a radar yet. As you get older, you get this radar that people say things to you and you just think that doesn't make sense. And 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 you and you get this gut, gut instinct at that early stage, you get those people and then you, some of them leave and you piss some of them off and some of them piss you off and you react to it and you just, you just sort of slowly work out how to keep them because we're so, we all as creatures want, we want to be liked and we want, we don't want clients to leave. I mean, even clients you don't like, they leave and you get upset. You think but I like oh, wow. that. I like that kind of the trail of the conversation. Like, what advice would you give to younger you just starting out? I, I, w- I would have recognized the fact that you are yet to develop a radar and that saying what you know isn't necessarily, you know, just splurging out stuff isn't any good. What, what I took years to work out how to do is I didn't know what to say because I didn't really know anything about them and for the obvious reason that you know so so now all I do is ask questions so most of the time I spend most of the hour I try I try just trying to keep and 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 I and, and I still won't know what the hell the answers are or where we're going in the conversation and sometimes I'm they're staring at you thinking well what else you got and you're thinking fuck I don't know and so I just ask a random question and then the random question is often the best question you know it's often the one that you're like Oh, I suddenly, because for me, I've got to decipher, and this is similar to what we were talking about earlier, what's the objective? What's the motivation here? Like, because people come and see you and they say they want to start a business, but really what it is, is they're trying to get a visa. I mean, that's a silly example, but it's a real regular example. Or what's important to this person? Are they are they good with money? Are they motivated by money? Are they going to be good at cash flows? Because some people are canny and canny is, they're very good at like, you know, and you know a canny person wants to get older because they'll be, how much are you charging? And when are you going to charge? And, you know, you'll be sensitive to it, you know. So, ah, oh, such a good question. What would you ask, what would you ask people? It, it, it's so irritating that when you're starting out that you don't have a radar because the ra- the the radar the the gut instinct is so fucking helpful now you know it's so helpful to be able to sit and someone appears to be having a normal conversation with you but you me not necessarily they're crooks but you immediately sort of realize that okay this this is you know this is not what it's about I need to give a real example but I don't. What would you give advice to a young lawyer? I I, I think what I, I I'd probably say, 
there's sometimes where you beat yourself up too much because you think you've got to win every time, you know, win the client over. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's very hard to win those early clients. I was very lucky to have those first few, and 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 and, and Yurate and Noel and the sort of very first people. Yeah, it was. It was. And you make you make mistakes in it, like you say. I, actually, some of the best relationships be the ones where they teach you, they accept. Yeah. But they is they what they like is they trust you, or they, they you know. Yeah, there's something they like about you. I mean, I've I've worked with some really great CEOs who. I almost, well, I just wanted to work for them as well, and and I just like the way they approach things, and and you just listen to go, they, you go, that's yeah, very good point, but what I can do is this, and you're like, that that is brilliant, you know that, and 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 you you sort of take a note of that and think I can use that. Yeah. I, I think it's 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 picking things off people. It's a shame as well. we can't. I mean, if I had to pay everyone, all of my clients who'd given me ideas that I use on other clients, I owe my clients a lot of money. <laughs> I'd say it's interesting kind of if I had a royalties. Well, I've written that one down. I've sold that to three people. You're going to get four pence every time I mention it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it just it comes down to experience, doesn't it? And that's kind of what being perhaps cross industry, cross discipline, or cross company. You get that. You start to amass that experience of like the, just the basis of dealing with lots of different people, mm. um, lots of different types of challenges. That's how you build. It's depth build and up breadth. What doing. Yeah. The, 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 what we try and do, and we really do try because we really believe in it is that it, it, without the breadth you, 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 you're a noisy idiot really because you're, you, it's the I think the surgeon analogy is very good my old man always uses it you know the, the doctors would say if you go and see a surgeon they'll always want to cut you open do you know what I mean it's, how do I solve this problem well we'll cut it out that's what because everything looks like a hammer it's that and that is the real problem in the disciplines is that you get too deep and too focused on your discipline and 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 when you're saying computers can't answer it computers can't answer it because this is very normal you have a meeting with someone actually they're going through a divorce or their daughter has moved to the UK or there's some soft issue going on you know there's a there's a weird thing going on between the the, the family or the, the the investor or the two people the two people who founded this company clearly don't get on and they've actually really don't like each other now and, they, and they're not sure they even respect each other anymore and they've got these grand ideas I mean it's always something else in the conversation and if you can't pick that bit out, you will give shit advice, you know. An easy example is I remember a, a lady coming to see me and so focused on the, the, the practical issues of her business and she'd fallen out with her business partner who owned 50% of the business. She kept saying, no, no, it's not important. It's not important. It's like... No, it's it's fundamental. You have no control over your business, you know. And I know you want to focus on all these things and get them operationally running, but how long for? How many years do you keep going down this road? Like you need to you need to start again. Like or we need to sort out this person. And actually, she just didn't really. She was just it was just being such a nightmare for her. She didn't want to think about it. It would be okay if she had fifty one percent, but she didn't. She had fifty percent. And they said, whatever you build. If you intending to sell, this is the only time I won over in the meeting. One day you're going to want to sell this. Yeah, I'd like to do that. So they can stop you selling it. You know, they, they can stop you selling it with 25%, you know. And she was like, oh God. And I was like, you know, they they could stop you doing everything. This is so interesting because I mean, essentially, like what I'm hearing is that you're you're kind of in the people business with yes. some like technical skills and you've really got to be able to understand and get below the surface of what the real problem is through asking questions and also using like your intuition. You 
you're absolutely right that you are in in the people business. I mean, I always wanted to do psychology. My dad didn't let me. He, he, <laughs> li- he likes to remind me that, that I turned around one day and say, this job's psychology. You know, the, 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 the it, it, oh, I remember why. Because a client came to see me and the, there was nothing to do. Like, and and he, he'd come to see me for an hour and he just offloaded, basically. And I got, got back to my desk and I remember thinking, there's no actions. In fact, he just talked to me about the fact he was stressed and I told him it would all be okay. And I remember like laughing about it to myself in a nice way. I was very flattered he asked me. I was like, actually... It was it was counselling, and I think I think I think that's why that I I I think that's the fundamental reason of advisors. It's not facts. If it was facts, then you could automate it. If it was just here's information, give me answers. How do I do that? But this psychology, this this thing, it's about it is about relationship. You know, yes, I have to say it, but it, you know, it is about. And it's it's funny when we talk about facilitation and everything because. Within a professional business, this is something I'm asking myself and other people at the moment, is like, as a lawyer accountant, you have to, at times, walk into a room of 12 people and argue with them. You're in there as the professional. I remember doing it in like Channel 9 in Australia, walking in and talking to them. You know, a load of people filed into the office, you know, and they were all... Then there was some misunderstanding about employment tax in the UK and how it worked and everything. And it was... You know, it was, it was it was like it was taking on nine people, however many was this, this. And by the end, it was like you know, it was quite. We were having a laugh, and it was quite funny. And I was thinking, does that mean as this job that you have to have that? Yeah, ability? and you have you have situations where you could you could have a big team of people from the client talking together, and they start having a big fallout in front of you, and you're mm. just like, okay, and 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 it's that it's it's understanding when to say, hey. You need emotional intelligence, don't you? You need yeah. a lot of. A lot Everyone's of got a really good point here. I think what we're trying to get to is, and, and it's almost what, what, you, what you do. Yeah, you, yeah. You're facilitating things yeah. for, for clients. And, I want to uh, ask you, um, like, what's uh, there's two questions here which you can answer whichever way. Like, what what do you love most about what you do, and what kinds of clients do you love working with? For, for me, um, it's I, the money. <laughs> it's all about the money. I, I mean, we're, we're very unique as a business. We we have to travel around the world, and 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 to have that ability to go to different countries and meet different cultures and how they do business, and I I, I just think it's very exciting. And 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 you you meet the clients that are doing some really great things, and 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 that's what excites you. And yeah, and, and then you want to you want to you know you want to do your best by them. You, Basically, you, you you try and make yourself part of their team. That's what you want to want to feel like that you're part of their team. That you know, yeah, like, to feel valued. Yeah, I mean, it's a he- it is a hell of a privilege to know these people in business and they tell the truth to you because I know this now. When I go, I've been in situations when you're negotiating and the other side's not telling you, and uh, you're so unfamiliar as an accountant because you're this trusted advisor. I go to see my client. He he she they tell me the truth yeah and and that is such a privilege to feel to be valued to be for people to pick up the phone to you and say i need an answer i need help with this and you know and and then i still remember my first client saying thank you and that was the that cheered my dad out because that's the first day i enjoyed my job as an accountant i'd say they rang me back and they said i just want to say thank you i really appreciate you doing this and it, it turns out he's one of the nicest men in the world and he tells everyone thank you but you know, it, it, I, it, it, I, I it, think it. I think it's it when, when you, when you, you know, like it doesn't always work out like this. But when you get a solution where you think, 
and, and and you can see the client is over the moon with it that that is that is the biggest kick for me is is where i've got i've just i've just worked something out for them and they're just like yeah let's go for this they're very happy till they get the bill yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i'd I'd like to just ask one last question Mm, which is like what's next for uri clark what have you got coming up what's going on world domination (laughs) (laughs) um um, we just we just want to keep building. It sounds like some nafs thing, but it's so true. We just want to keep building this team of people, you know, and keep adding to them. We're bringing in new, you know. We've just had uh, different specialists. We're looking at. We're trying to work out what is the complete offering. We're looking at maybe a bit of medicine. We're looking at you know private client. You know, there's areas of our port. You know, this one stop shop where. We, we could strengthen or we could add a service. So it's 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 complete. You know, the problem with a complete service is most lawyers and accountants get their work off other lawyers and accountants. So once we started doing everything, we started having to come up with our own source of work and things like this. But luckily, this multidiscipline approach is valuable to people, especially people from overseas, it turned out, because they turn up on a plane on Heathrow, they've got three days to do their meetings and they don't want to spend all day in a meeting with lawyers and accountants if different types. They, it's nice for them to come to one place and think, great, you can do it, great. Because a lot of it is quite product-based, but yeah, what's it, next? It, just just trying to build, just yeah, keep, keep trying to build it's, the it's team. It's improving our service, you know, whether that's with technology. Mm. I, mean, I mean, I think I think we're quite lucky with the people we've got already that they will look to evolve, let the jobs evolve. And I mean, I, I've got one client that basically tells its staff and this is their policy you need to work out a way to make your job redundant because you need to go to the next level for us and create something else and 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 i I think that's that's what we try and embrace that there's there's other things that you know i i can be an employment lawyer but what else can i offer what can i bring to the table there must be something else that um is there's a market out there that that client needs help on and and that's that's what it's all about i think it's hyper yeah I guess, I guess it's just, it, it, it's quite a high performance sport in a weird way, trying to be a good professional. So it's, it is very hard to get the professional athletes all working together. And ongoing, just getting better. That's kind of what yeah. I'm sort of getting a sense of, like, you know, what's the next thing for you in terms of getting better at what you do and improving and keep improving adding to that, yeah. that palette of mm. people who share the same thing. They're very knowledgeable in something and they like being part of a multidisciplinary yeah. community. I, I mean, I, I, I look at it this way as well. You know, the, the accountancy practice has been around, what, eight, 84. 80, 84 years now. The the legal practice is only 26 years old. Yes. Uh, 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 around, young chicken. You around know. about. And, and it's like many laws, they take 30 years to really kick in sometimes. Right. You know, it's like, you know, equal pay uh, is an example that was brought out in 1970. It was like in in the late like 90s, early 2000s that finally the claims were coming through. That that that's an example. Sometimes, um, I, I think I think build building something great takes time. Well, it's some interesting discussion for sure about professionals. But what about you, Alison? What's the next stage for you? And and how can people find you if they wanna they wanna track you down? Yeah, so um, the next phase of it's kind of similar, actually. You know, it's always about getting better and improving. So, you know, I started off doing, um, my business has evolved and I started off doing facilitation, but I've started to 
build out like the breadth of services that I provide because it's all about team culture. And like you say, if someone comes to me and they want a facilitator, then I'll provide them facilitation or everything's going to be looked through the, the, that, that lens when actually there's lots of different ways that you can help teams. So there's that. Um, looking at growth, you know, how do I expand what I do? Um, how do I bring in more people to kind of deliver and support what I do? Yeah, how, another, how, another... how do you find that, like bringing in other people that are like-minded? Is that a challenge? Um, it can be. I mean, so far, the people that I've brought in are people that I've worked with either through like training them up or, um, you know, I've provided services for them. So I understand that they... Um, you know their strength and weaknesses. They, I know their strengths Any and weaknesses. Any more books? Because you've done... Yeah, you, I, I have... Mean, what, what book are you on now? Number so, three? No, number two. Number, number two, two, which has kind of taken a while, but it's around this idea of workshop culture, which is the impact that sort of running workshops and I guess running meetings in a better way can have on the rest of a, a, a team or organisational culture. What, what was your first book on? Effective workshops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a theme running. There is a bit of a theme going, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, where can they, they find you? Find me, um, my website is bracketcreative.co.uk um, and find me on LinkedIn, Alison Coward, on Twitter, also the same, at Alison Coward. Big up Alison Coward, eh? <laughs> eh? And she, uh, she's uh, been a, a tremendous uh, help to us. Uh, so, you know, I think um, facilitation is something that's really helpful and here to stay. Well, uh, it only remains for me to say thank you very much to our guest, Alison. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Ross, it's been a pleasure as it always, always. is every day in the office. Yes. It's just, it's a dream. <laughs> it's a dream. Uh, and this is me, Andy Uri. Uh, and thanks to Dee, our producer. Ciao. And make sure you subscribe to the show so you can join Andy Uri and me, Dominic Frisbee, for the next episode of Business Without B****.